What up, Canes fans? It's Better Duck. This is the Better Canes podcast. This is my podcast for Twitter. All my Twitter dogs. And, uh, I don't know. It's about the 12th, maybe 13th podcast I've done on the Canes. I've done a couple little side one-offs. I did one on Van Halen. Last week I did one on uh, old wrestling stories. So if you're tuning in, thank you. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave me, uh... A rating, click the stars. Be nice if you clicked five stars. I've got a three rating on there because like five dudes gave me a one star on there, which is fine. You know, I give a lot of shit. I can take it. There's a lot of people that are mad. A lot of people have me blocked. So when they saw I had a podcast, I'm sure they ran right over to Apple, right over to iTunes podcast and gave me the one star. Probably didn't even listen to it. But uh, I'd say I'm a solid two or a three. You know what I mean? I'm not a professional broadcaster. I'm not a sports journalist. I'm just a guy that loves the Hurricanes and is tired of losing. And my biggest complaint, the reason why I do this podcast, is because there's too much optimism. There's too many guys trying to curry good favor with the program. I get it. Not everybody has to be as pissed off and angry as I am or whatever. And I take it to extremes. And part of it's farce and part of it's satire and part of it's shtick. But, you know, 560, those clowns, DBJ and Zagaki, they can't um, be critical. They're business partners with the university. So while they can do limited stuff like, oh, yeah, the running game isn't good enough or pass protection, pass blocking has to improve or this and that, they can't really hammer the program. And the other radio station, 790 The Ticket, they also can't hammer them because they're the sister station. They're the same station. I mean, radio down here... (laughs) is so bad right now. It is so bad. The fact that they have two stations, both playing Hockman and Crowder, which I like. I like the Hockman and Crowder show. I don't like Crowder because I don't think a Gator should be on the radio down here mocking Canes fans. I wouldn't mind it as much if he just kept quiet. But I like the Hockman and Crowder show. I like when Solana's on. I like, you know, I, I dig the whole program. But it's on two stations at the same time. Dumb. That's just dumb. You know, the intercom came here. We talked about it in previous podcasts. They just ruined the market here. And we're going to talk about some media failures on this podcast. The big news out this week is Lebetard is out at ESPN. I saw, I told you all that would happen. Go back in my timeline. The moment he crowdsourced or went into his own pocket or whatever he did for his employee there that got fired and he's like oh I'm gonna hire you back and pay you out of my own pocket dude it's Disney Corp you don't win they win they have amusement parks to promote their content so the people that are laughing saying yeah yeah yeah. Levitard man he don't need ESPN he doesn't need Disney sit down okay Disney knows a little bit about the content game just a little bit you think You know, they've somehow managed to convince judges to extend the copyright and trademark for Winnie the Pooh, which is supposed to only be 75 years after the death of the creator. How come that hasn't fallen into public domain? Because Disney hires lawyers and they know what they're doing, and they didn't like it when Levitard paid that kid out of his own pocket. I used to be a huge Levitard fan, probably... 
12 years ago, 13 years ago. If you guys haven't seen them, I did when YouTube first started. I did a couple of parody videos of Levitard. I did one with dueling fake Levitards as PTI hosts. Remember, he used to be on PTI, sitting on the balcony or wherever he was when he'd fill in for Wilbon or Kornheiser. So I just did two competing Levitards, dueling Levitards. It's really hard. YouTube has buried it, even in search, because they're SD. And YouTube doesn't like SD videos, the old standard def from 2007. So it's not that. I'll post them on Twitter. They're moderately funny. But Levitard's out. And everybody, I saw the Beasts video on YouTube today. And he's talking about uh, what Levitard's next move is going to be. Whether it's going to be Spotify, whether it's going to be iHeart, if he's going to Sirius XM. I'll tell you where he's not going. He's not going to the ACC network, okay? Because that place is a dungeon for losers. And the Miami versus Duke game tomorrow night is on the ACC network. Trash. I mean, it's just the worst deal I've seen in the media in a long time. The whole game right now is to be able to get your content seen. And the majority of Kane fans will not be able to see this game because the largest cable provider in the United States does not carry the ACC network, and I don't blame them. I don't blame them at all. I mean, if they could add it a la carte and be like, okay, you know, if you want the ACC network, it's an extra dollar, 50 cents, because that's what it's worth. It's really worth nothing. But I would pay a dollar or two to get the ACC network... And I know there's ways around it, and I'll probably find a way around it, but I don't advocate for piracy of content because I'm in the, I'm in the content game. So it'd be pretty hypocritical of me to make TV shows, make documentary movies, work in you know the entertainment business, and then I'm cutting every corner as far as uh, their revenue. So it's just a, a thing. I'm not going to do it. I don't frown on anybody that does do it. It's not like I'm sitting here being like, you bastards. I, I don't care how you, you get to see the game, and I'll probably find a workaround around it or just listen on the radio because I'm a radio guy anyway. But, yeah, Levitard not going to the ACC network. So I'm breaking that news right now. And... It's just a bad thing when you think of all the content that's coming out, when you think of everything that all the content that's being made right now, whether they're um, award shows that are doing tapings and then piling everything together sort of as a um, as a clip show, whether people, you know, the celebrities and stuff are home on Zooms, sending in their clips, this and that. Everybody is innovating now. You know who's not innovating? University of Miami. They've got an old world deal and a new media environment. And I mean, it's just pathetic. I don't know how they thought that was a good deal. I don't know who there thought that joining the ACC at all with those necks was going to be a good deal. It has never worked out for Miami. Those referees constantly, I'm not one that gets here every Sunday morning and cries about holding calls. But just in general, like if it's a, a, a play, a tackle made at the sideline, they're going to throw the flag every time on Miami for, you know, um, unnecessary roughness or personal foul. They do, that's just the way the ACC does it. I remember, I haven't seen that guy in a couple of years. I used to call him Louis Armstrong, the older African-American referee. He always did the Clemson games and Georgia Tech games. Force down, out of bounds. Sounded like Louis Armstrong. Now, that guy had no, he had nothing for the Canes. 
man, he gave more unnecessary roughness. If you saw any type of hit with physicality or a tackle, their flag's coming out. And now Miami's stuck with the ACC, who just screwed them again with this uh, Notre Dame playoff thing. Stupid. Miami should sue. Sue like Trump. Get a bunch of lawyers and just sue everybody in the ACC to get out of that deal and strike your own television deal. Miami does insane in television ratings because it's a national brand. It's not as big as Notre Dame. It's not as big as the Dallas Cowboys or the Steelers or the Yankees. But it's in the second tier. It's in the second tier of teams that have fans in every state. Every state. The kid there from Alaska who's got the Canes podcast. He's watching Canes in Alaska. And you just see how the ACC has done Miami. And they've been no friend. They've been no ally. And especially now where games are being canceled, Miami still can't figure out a way to get on the deuce. Or ESPNU. All right, so we got that little media talk out of the way. Um, let's look at Duke. And when I say look at Duke, I am not an analyst. I, ha- I don't watch Duke, nor do I read their stats or anything else. I don't give a damn about Duke. If you go back to, what was it, maybe 2014? Was that the first time Miami lost to Duke? 2013 or 2014? And... I went nuts on Twitter and the old timers, the guys that have been on Twitter for, you know, a bunch of years would just sigh, roll their eyes. Oh my God, duck, get over it, man. You got to get over. You got to let go. It's a new year. You can't keep beating up on them about Duke. Well, the reason why I kept beating on the hurricanes for losing to Duke was because it was a harbinger of the upcoming disaster that was going to happen to this football program and did happen with the culmination of losing to Duke last year and losing to FIU. You just don't lose to Duke. You know, I love the guys that think they're going to school me on Twitter and they're like, do you know that Saban lost to um, Louisiana? Yeah, yeah, dude. There's nothing that none of you people on Twitter know that I don't know except that. Okay. I'm older than you guys. And there's just nothing that you know that I don't already know, okay? And there's nothing new that you just found out that I didn't know about an hour before you found out about it. So if you want to debate me or whatever, you better come quick with, do you know that Dabo, Dabo, whatever his name is, he lost in his... Stow it. That's not what we're talking about here. Losing to Duke. When Michigan lost to Appalachian State, it's not the same thing as Miami losing to FIU. Appalachian State is a good team. They, like, win their conference championship. They play fundamental football and can actually execute a game plan. FIU is a joke. They're now, what, 0-8 since beating Miami? That's not a good team. That's not a team that has a great game plan and a bunch of fifth-year seniors, and they win their conference championship, and they can battle with anybody, and if a few breaks go their way, hell, they can beat Michigan. No. That's App State. That's a few of these other schools, you know, that um, 
that just don't have the horses, but they run a damn good program. It happened to Miami under Golden. Was it Kansas or Kansas State? Dude, every dude on the team was like 26 years old. They were all fifth-year seniors, and they stomped um, Golden. They stomped him physically at the line. Like, okay, these are men playing against boys. Miami had more, I'm sure, more stars and more guys go to the NFL and all that stuff. But on that day, you know, Kansas State could execute a game plan for that old-ass coach they had. That's not what happened when Duke and FIU beat Miami. Duke sucks. They're like under 500 as a lifetime program. They might be like 350.350 winning percentage. And don't tell me that, oh, David Cutcliffe, he's a great coach. You know, he's endorsed by the Mannings. You know who else is endorsed by the Mannings? Adam Gase. And you see what that got him. That's Peyton Manning's boy. Guy's a tool. And so is David Cutcliffe. Still filthy, filthy mad over the, the punt return. So I don't have a lot of confidence going into tomorrow's game for the fact of, and I sound like a broken record now, for the fact that we cannot run the ball. When I know you guys like to believe it, and you think that it's every opponent's Super Bowl when they play the University of Miami, that sounds cool and everything, but it's not true. It might be a big game, but it's not Super Bowl because Miami's not going to Super Bowls. But when you play a team that's going to get fired up, and the opponents do get fired up for Miami a little bit more than they do for most other schools, the last thing you want to do against a team like that that's fired up and you might be a little bit flat and a little unimpressed, the last thing you want to do is start throwing the ball every play. And that's all Miami has is throwing the ball every play or Derek King scrambling and uh, eluding defenders and trying to make something out of nothing because the offensive coordinator – the egghead, and the head coach, the conehead. They failed this year. They have not been able to execute a fundamental offense. Every point that's put on the board is because of De'Eric King, not because of Lashley, not because of the conehead, and not because of these weak-ass receivers. It's all De'Eric King. Like, okay, the receivers have shown up the last two weeks and caught a couple of balls. Man, watch other games. You flip around ESPN on Saturday, everybody's got receivers. Every team, FIU's got receivers. Uh, Toledo had receivers. So every game that we go into with the Conehead, I'm going to not have confidence that we're going to win it until he starts showing that he can have, that he can run the ball. I really don't understand what the problem is. Every year it's like, oh, the offensive line, oh, the offensive line. And then we get some gigantic dude. We've got a, got a couple of them, right? Oh, uh, they can't play tackle. He can't put his hand on the ground. You got to move him into guard. So who's playing tackle? Oh, the kid that just, you know, it's a jailbreak. On the right tackle, it's a jailbreak every play. Like he gets no, he gets no push on the running game and his pass blocking, it's just a straight whiff no matter who we play. Not just Pitt that has, you know, the greatest defensive line since the 84 Bears. That's still, are they still talking about that? Did Clemson handle the pit um, greatest defensive line ever? How would that work out? 
Clemson able to get a man on a man down there in the trenches? And I forget how Roman keeps up with all the stats and everything. He put out the stat. Like, I don't think Clemson ever puts out high round offensive line draft picks. Right? Not every team has first rounders on the line. You know, we know our struggles with Wisconsin. So more than anything tomorrow, I'd like to see them show up, defer the kickoff if you win the coin toss, get out there and play defense, get a punt, and then run the ball on first down for positive yardage. Oh, but Duck, they stack the box. You can't run against an eight-man front. Well, Miami's been hitting bomb touchdowns the past couple of weeks. These teams are still putting up the eight-man front. No, they're not. Miami just can't move the ball against a four-man front. Sometimes there's a three-man front getting pressure. They're dropping eight guys into coverage, and the three down linemen for the opponent are still getting pressure on De'Ara King, which is sad. I mean, Duke football. It's unbelievable to me that the Miami basketball program has had more success against Duke basketball than the Miami Hurricane football program has had recent success against Duke football. Duke sucks! Duke sucks. That whole market sucks. That whole Chapel Hill, that whole area sucks. North Carolina sucks. Look at what those kids did. They're trash. Trash kids playing for both of those programs. Was that the quarterback, that loser for the Giants, did a down, upside down you? Who does that? And the kid from North Carolina did it a couple years ago. He blocked me on Twitter because I reposted that picture of him doing the upside down you. And I was like, you know what that U stands for? Undrafted. Unsigned unemployed oh he showed me he got an X on an xfl squad well, how'd that go conehead diaz struggling with the basketball schools so i went long last time on the podcast talking about the wrestling and everything this one's coming up on 20 minutes probably going to be it give you guys just a quick little rant on here i appreciate everybody that listens i just passed 2000 total views total listens on the podcast i could use a couple of uh ratings on the podcast itunes podcast thing because i'm at a three a guy yes yesterday we had a little you know a back and forth and he said, no wonder you only have a three stars on iTunes. And I was like, I didn't know I had any. So I went and looked. And yeah, three stars, three out of five. I didn't ask him if he has a podcast or he puts out content or anything because I don't care. He's a nobody. There's a whole bunch of nobodies on Twitter now. But I leave him alone. 
If you're just hearing the podcast for the first time and you don't know who I am or anything, I'm Better Duck on Twitter. That's at B-E-T-T-E-R-D-U-C-K. Give me a follow. I'm in the process of unblocking people from the election. If you got blocked, it's probably because you were belligerent during the election. And I've also blocked a lot of longtime Keynes accounts that don't follow, that I, either I was following or weren't following. And I'm just under the, my belief is, or just the, what I'm going with right now is if you've been on Twitter, Kane's Twitter for five years, seven years or whatever, and you don't follow me, well, you're not also not going to lurk. So I'm going to block you. And there's enough people out there that have me blocked. I wish you could find out how many people do have me blocked. But I, I don't really care. If I cared, I wouldn't do what I do on Twitter. You know what I mean? I'd create a new account and just be positive all the time and try to get exclusives. Call up some dusty old players and have them on or whatever and juice the program and this and that. But that's not me. When I was a kid, they told me, you know, tell it exact, write it exact. And that's what I try to do. I try to write it and tell the story with the same emotion that I'm feeling. Trying to make other people feel that anger. I wish the players felt that anger. Like those kids that for the 2019 players, man, they should be out of their minds before the game tomorrow night. Man, them guys punched you in your face. Y'all quit last year. 2019, the Canes quit. They lost to FIU. Then a week later, they lost to Duke. Man, they're sorry. I don't care what the excuse is. You know, my inbox is open. Anybody that thinks that they have a take on what happened last year and can spell it out with um, with detail and tell me what they think happened to, you know, cause the FIU, the Duke loss, the friggin' bowl game loss where they got shut out by a no-name team of nobodies. But if it's anything other than the players are heartless and quitters, I'm not going to believe it. It's not about X's and O's. It wasn't about that egghead coordinator. It wasn't. Yeah, you know I mean? Losing to the Gators and to Clemson or whoever else, good teams, yeah, then you can get into play calling and all that other stuff. Man, losing to the FIU had nothing to do with play calling or the coordinator. None. Now, maybe the players hated him and quit on his ass, but in which case, they're worse than him. You got a duty to uphold that friggin' helmet. Now you're known as a quitter. Ten years from now, I'll still know names of players that are that lost to FIU, and I'll be thinking, like, dude, you lost to FIU. You tried to ruin the program. And you came here, and instead of the team and program growing, it got worse. It became an ashtray. I'm getting a little fired up here. It's Friday night. Thanks for listening. Out!